0: Alright people, it's happening, it's really happening, we are getting a Rogue One big budget prequel television series on the Disney Channel, starring Diego fucking Luna as Cassian fucking Andor, literally one of my two or three favorite characters in my favorite Star Wars movie of all time, yes that's right, even more than the originals, I said it, Rogue One, and I'm calling Virgin for, for this exact situation because you know I love Felicity Jones, but people, I'm here to tell you, we're gonna get K2S though, who is a lot of people's favorite character in this, and this is the perfect character. As soon as I heard this news, I went back and listened to one of my podcasts. I did a bunch of like sort of medium length, you know, 10, 20, 30 minute podcasts after Rogue One came out because I loved it so much a couple of years ago and, and just needed multiple podcasts to express how much I loved it. And the final podcast, in addition to praising, you know, Vader, obviously, and all the great fighting and space action, I, I mostly credited Diego Luna even more than Jin. And you guys know how much I love Jitter. So, you know, I, I mean, an almost unhealthy Session, except I get it out this therapeutic way with Felicity Jones, specifically in Urso, and I do love her as a character. But even coming out of the movie and to today, Cassian is the most, in my mind, indispensable character. Cheer and Baze, Bodhi, Jin. Literally, K- K2, obviously, you know, everyone loves a hilarious droid and he's the most hilarious and the best rendered droid I think we've gotten to date. His relationship with Cassian is going to be great, even if they're not announcing it yet. Uh, they probably have some, you know, ducks to put in the real on announcement with Alan Tudyk or whatever. <laughs> but you could not take Diego Luna's character and what he represented about the Rebellion and the dark side of the Rebellion out of that movie. I mean, the whole thing hinges on that. That's what makes it interesting. It's not just capturing the Death Star plans and going against the Empire at the end Invader. It's actually the Resistance, you know, devouring itself with different factions and all sorts of nonsense going on and thinks fucking herself to get everyone in line because she's an outsider, um, as most of the Rogue One crew are actually. And Bodhi being the ultimate insider, you know, being the high stakes, high profile assassin, you know, he's the one that ties it ties the dark side of the rebellion to everything else going on. The basically uh, uh, accidentally successful assassination of her dad that they, they changed their mind on the last minute is too late. They ended up killing him anyway. and she still come, came to their side. God bless God bless so But but and Andor with so many amazing moments, Diego Luna in that movie. But it starts in his very first scene where he literally murders <laughs> informant on their own side because it's, it would be inconvenient at that time to leave him alive but you can see the guilt and the shame already on his face and as he has to do more and more terrible things and comes to clearly have some sort of affection for for, for Jin the, the, the emotion that he shows on his face and his deliveries he's increasingly unhappy increasingly questioning as the movie goes along so for me when he gives the big speech at the end that he's you know, he, he's realized that like what he's fighting for is not the cause and, and Jin and in the Rogue One crew, that's, that's really is the cause and he's going to do whatever he can, including basically leading it. I mean, co-leading it with Jin, obviously he's a tactical leader. Uh, but uh, to me, the speech, it was never even a question of selling it because you could see all over his face that he was so ready to stop, what he was being ordered to do. And even when he's given direct orders to his face from his commander, he, like, wouldn't even really acknowledge it. Like, he's gonna do it, but he's just pissed that he's asking him to do it. He was an amazing actor. There was some articles um, uh, between the last, you know, Rogue One a couple years ago and now of, like, wh- why did Diego Luna not blow up into the huge mainstream American actor, even with the thick, Amer- you know, Mexican accent, he had already been in acclaimed movies that many of us have seen over the years, including Milky to Mama Tambien, of course, his first movie with Gail Garcia Bernal, directed by the amazing Alfonso Cuaron, who has another amazing project coming out in December, Roma, which I cannot wait, love that director, as you guys know, Children of Men, Prisoner of Azkaban, etc., cetera, etc., won an Oscar for Gravity, no big deal. He basically won an Oscar. Cuarón is so talented that he won an Oscar for what I think is inarguably his least interesting movie in Gravity. That's how talented he is. Um, but, uh, but Diego Luna, you know, c- coming up th- up through that lineage in Mexico and getting American roles, getting Mexican roles, he's a producer, director, he's always been a humanitarian and he stepped it up. And he made a decision after Rogue One to go home, spend time at home with family and raise money for causes and, you know, be representative for medical agencies and, you know, and, and be very political and open about, you know, the problems of his country, Mexico, but also here in America and the rights of immigrants and so forth. I mean, just a, a brilliant guy with a great heart and just a an unbelievable actor the subtlety of his acting in, in *Rogue one cannot be overstated in my opinion and over like a 8 to 12 episode television series i'm thinking more like 10 11 12 uh I, he's going to have so much room to flourish especially which I think that by mid-season at, at, at the most until we get K2 they must be thinking K2 with Cassian everyone's thinking it you know and they just it's, it's the perfect buddy movie it's like when I saw the Punisher series I, I never even thought they'd buddy him up with anyone because he hates everybody if he's not killing you he doesn't like you and to pair him up with this like you know neurotic uh, kind of cowardly but sort of honorable Jewish you know, hacker guy who then gets bravery to save his family and uh, him and Frank, you know, you need that like buddy cop thing, you know, that pioneered with Mel, you know, Mel Gibson and, and Donald Glover and so forth. You see a lot with like the, the multiracial cops and that's sort of what's going on with Cassian and Kate too, you know, I mean, sort of like, the, you know, even the one's Mexican and one's a robot, you know, it's a two different backgrounds fighting sort of for the same goal. He he has no interest in Jen <laughs> in admitting that Cassian has ordered to help her in the end although he does get affection I think right before Death Virgin but he's so loyal to Cassian I mean he hates taking he won't take orders really not only won't take orders from anyone else but he'll actively be spiteful towards everybody else nope not Cassian he's loyal and for them to build in the amount of time and things they went together with the loyalty and and the love between the two of them uh, he's got to be in the series and and the animation was so smooth with a couple more years of technology and a relatively big budget they will have zero problem Problems, zero problems doing K2SO especially because Alan Tudyk will continue to walk on stilts and so forth and do the motion capture performance which is extremely underrated and extremely hilarious at the same time by the way guys on you the that there's a Cassian Andor Rogue One prequel coming to TV oh my god holy shit I'm losing my mind I mean this news has been out for 24 hours and I'm still losing my fucking mind I'm checking Twitter just to see everyone's so excited about it because even though I was so, and, and remain so excited about the Mandalorian thing, especially because it's set after Return of the Jedi. You know, I I, I would have been fine non-Mandalorians Mandalorians Mandalorian's great after Return of the Jedi I want that lore post you know post-Ewok victory celebration dance like what happens to the next few years there because the war that war isn't over and here we're getting you know continuing the trend of Lucasfilm to do prequels to prequels to sequels to prequels I mean this is literally a prequel to a prequel it's amazing Rogue One's a prequel to the original trilogy this is a prequel to that The Siege of Mandalore is a sequel to the Clone Wars it's the other thing that everyone including me has gotten so excited about, so that's two major shows, two huge wins, with Ahsoka and Darth Maul, but that's also part of the prequels, because it's in the Clone Wars, but this is after, uh, or right before Revenge of the Sith, and so they're, they're, they're with all the new uh, comic books and, you know, young adult novels and adult novels and everything coming out, they've completely said F you to the people who hate anything that's not the original trilogy, and we're going to do so much prequel stuff, and specifically so much stuff between Episode three and four, which I love, because there are things I love about *Revenge of the Sith*. I want to love *Revenge of the Sith* more, as I've talked about with my contributors. There's some amazing world building in *Revenge of the Sith*, and the Clone Wars was like an, a, a, you know, a fantastic byproduct of all that, and led to led to amazingness, and is so good and so loved that Disney canceled it, and is now bringing it back in glorious, high budget fashion on their new channel with the Tano and the Siege of Mandalore baby Darth Maul, Rex, um, Anakin we one it's gonna be bonkers so right now it is break good time come on time at the bizzlecast mansion let me see if i can get some coherent thoughts in here okay oh my god people i can't believe this is happening i still can't believe it. So, okay so yesterday i'm sick sleep most of the day i even missed a podcast with simmy which is like of all life commitments that's the one thing i, I never ever want to miss And he was totally cool, because I was just sick and passed the fuck out, Um, but uh, I was kind of bummed about that. But then, of course, I couldn't sleep last night, and I was like, five in the morning, can't sleep, six in the morning, can't sleep, finally just say, fuck it, get up, even though the sun hasn't come up yet, and... (laughs) Look at my phone, hoping for something other than my healthcare provider calling or something like that, you know, or some like home repair service. And it's tweet, 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 tweet. I'm like, what is everyone tweeting about? What did I miss? And yup, there it is. Even though this bizzle has been on record, and you guys know this for many months, if not longer, calling for a gin TV prequel, basically since I knew there was going to be a TV, uh, you know, channel doing Star Wars content, you know, that was like the, the obvious signing here is Felicity Jones as Jen Erso for 10 episodes, hundred million dollar pre-Rogue One, you know, Rebel Rising era, uh, prequel series. And th- then I saw that it was Diego Luna. And the second I saw his beautiful, beautiful Mexican face and his name and the news, I was like, you know what, Jin. You my girl. You my bae. You my waifu. I love you forever and ever. But Felicity, you've got a lot in your plate right now, trying to win an Academy Award. Diego Luna as Kenzien and Andor, the most indispensable part of Rogue One, and, that, and the complicating of the resistance that I'm always talking about makes me love it more that they have a bad side to them and they have to work out the bad side and have people like Jin and Leia and the young idealists take over because that's all what Ro- that's what Star Wars is about. It's about the young idealists. Look at the Last Jedi. You know, I mean, the, problem with the Last Jedi was 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 fin- was supposed to be that and hopefully it will be in 9 but we did get it with Rose we did get it with Ray. that like the younger people knew much more what was going on and were trying to make things happen and not obsessed with the past and tormented by the past like Leia and Luke in episode 8 or you know Mon Mothma and Jimmy Smith and the older council members and so forth and Rogue One and I just love you know Jin gives the big speech rebellions are built on hope what, what, what hope do we have what choice do we have send out the fleet and they're just like nope and while they're bickering, Jin realizes she's not getting anywhere, and she walks out. And there's that great scene where, where Baze and Chirut are hanging out, looking way too comfortable and kind of smiley for the situation. And uh and they ask Jin about what happened, and and you know Jin's just like they'd rather just sit around and argue. And bays is like, "What about you?" And Chirut says she wants to fight. <laughs> Read her mind, of course. Bodhi's like, we all want to fight. And Bay's knowing look, just casually pointing over to the sizes. How many do we need? Well, what are you talking about? And here comes Cassian with the sexy look, and you know this. This results in the amazing. Jin, I'm not used to people sticking around when things go bad, and Diego Luna just reaching in almost for the kiss, and being like, welcome home, I'm just, you know I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so in love with you too, I mean, that's the thing guys, you have to realize I love Cassie as much as Jin, it's just that, as a head of sexual Jin is on my mind slightly more, but not as much as you might think Cassie's on my mind a lot too, cause I idolize him, because that is a journey that, that I think is not, you know that, that you can do horrible things, this is the redemption arc, you know, it, it may be I'm actually not. I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna have to deal with Cassian as being an eviler character. Because guys, let's be honest. If this is happening before, the, literally the first thing we see him do in Rogue One is murder a guy on their side. I mean, just straight up kill a dude because it's inconvenient for this guy to be alive, and he was like being too loud and panicking and blah blah blah. He just murders a rebel. You know, being a rebel, and so there's gonna be a assassination and sabotage and uh, you know all the things that he talks about in his his sexy speech to uh to chin uh, and uh, uh you know like all the things that i've done will have been you know for nothing if if i don't do this thing with you now which i i know to be f- for sure the right thing maybe the first right thing i've i've felt this sure about and how important it was, and that idealism. And so, uh, my predictions about this series, I actually want to keep this one pretty short uh, because I, I could talk forever and I'll probably do a follow up. But my prediction is if it's a 10 to 12 episode series, they're going to have three to four of him just capping motherfuckers, like Scarface style. He was supposed to be the Scarface in the remake. I, I guess they decided smartly not to do it. I think Diego Lula as Scarface would be spectacular, but I don't really care either. I think, you know, it's, it's an iconic movie that I, I could take or leave but um, uh, that's right I said it I just disc our face um, but uh, but uh, and then in the middle he has to have his first moral quandary journey I, I think that actually even though, as I previously said, I totally bought him, you know, saying fuck it to these assassination orders and doing something of his own volition, enjoying Jin voluntarily because he believes in what she's doing and he believes her and he believes in her. Um. It, like with Han Solo, with his, you know, kind of naive, uh, um, nice guy ness, uh, with, with Kira, and then uh, w- helping, you know, the fucking marauders in Emphas Nest against people trying to kill him with a lot more money. It's something you might not think Harrison Ford that early on, I'm sorry, Han Solo that early on would do, but this are doing you're giving us windows of when it, the, the big turn, final turn happens in the movies, the important time. It's all even better because we see this episode earlier on so yes this is going to be very similar to the solo movie except it's the same actor amazing and and much closer in time uh, in the timeline amazing uh um but i i, when I went back and listened to my cassian mini cast from after the movie i basically called him the reverse han solo because han solo is you know at least in the original movies before he gets all cuddly uh, you know just a smuggler murderer <laughs> out for himself, who decides in the very end that he feels just bad enough to come in, help Luke Skywalker for two seconds, and then he gets a medal. he doesn't get a medal. Leia's given the medals. It's the most ridiculous thing. Of, I mean, if Lucas is going to change anything, I, I don't care if it's bad CGI. Everyone should be getting medals in that scene. But, you know, but but he does turn, he turns smuggling Luna's coming from doing bad things, but from the Resistance side. And that's what's ultimately interesting. And he, too, if Jin is Leia, and I've made lots of comparisons of Jin to Leia. I think Jin and Leia are much more similar, obviously, than ray is to either of those two. I know Leia's royalty, and technically she has force powers, even though we only see them once, and it's not until she's almost dead in The Last Jedi. Um, but their militancy, their strength, um, their ability to just like order guys around in military situations, their fighting ability, they're good at everything. They can fly, they can shoot, you know, they can fix shit. But they're charismatic. I mean, Jin Urso, who who barely speaks, who's like, that's so lost. Some people that speech he gives to the council was hard for the, her to give as a character, not as an actress, but as a character because she's not used to talking much at all in, in her entire life. She's always having to keep to herself, and so you know, her, but but ultimately. Her, the charisma of her actions of giving the speech, doesn't matter about the rebellions, about the both speech hope speech, she would give the speech say fuck you to the council and then come storming out ready to fight, inspire dozens of people right off the bat, not to mention hundreds or thousands of calamari and other fighters in the air who would join them so gloriously later, I don't even know where to go with this people, I, I, I maybe I should just stop and release it maybe I'll, I'll add some more later get some Papa Bizzle, maybe I'll do a, maybe I'll just do a mini series on this there's so much to talk about, but I think you know Rogue One was the movie because the disappointment of the Star Wars prequels even though I have come to appreciate them somewhat more over the years I still don't love them and I find them hard to watch I think Phantom Menace is actually the easiest one to watch but that's another discussion even though I have Revenge of the Sith higher. In fact, I have Revenge of the Sith higher than The Last Jedi at the moment, but uh, that's that a whole other pod- podcast. People are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, sorry, guys. It's a shifting, it's a shift. The sands, are sh- 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 sands of time are shifting, and, and it could change again very soon. Um, but uh, And then the Hobbit prequels are just boring as shit. Uh, Hobbit prequels actually appreciate the Star Wars prequels, because they're at least colorful and trying to be fun, even if they are, st- are stiff much of the time. Hobbit is just washed out, gray, black, and White, just ugh, just, uh, just ugly, and the CGI looks terrible. I just Peter Jackson taking, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like he asked Lucas for advice, and Lucas said, hey, make your second three movies as over the top and just boring and, you know, pointless as possible, you know. But uh, Rogue One made me really appreciate the prequels. And then, of course, getting into Rebels, the TV show, and then Clone Wars, you know, uh, which came earlier, which came out earlier, but I didn't see till after I saw Rebels. I went backwards from Rogue One, as I'm always talking about, to the Amazing Rebels animated series, which I'll probably jump on in some commentaries right now. is the Main reason I should probably uh, let you go and let me go, so I can get back to doing my commentaries and the Clone Wars commentaries with Simi, which we will be getting to as soon as possible. All this stuff is tying together. Darth Maul making an appearance in Rogue One. I mean, uh, well, I don't know what the, the prequels call it. They're gonna call it. I would call it Agent uh, Cassine Andor, comma Rebel Spy, Rebel Agent. I know that sounds kind of corny, but I think if you do with the right font and the right campaign it is star wars oh this is dark star wars but it's also tv so you want to make it like a procedural a military procedural like um I, I i would just call it cassian um you know the whole debate about solo a star wars story i said they just call it han solo i think if they called it han it's actually already better than solo because uh, Solo's not even his name as we stupidly learn and i hope they resist the urge in this prequel to do too much you know relating to old times but this is taking place between three and four so you having those references just a matter of these galaxies you know existing at the same time the storytelling they're going to do i can't wait to see the directors and writers they get on this i mean if this is anything like you know jessica jones season one any of the daredevil seasons like the, you know early vikings you know most of Battlestar. that's what i would do i'd go after like michael taylor and like the uh uh, like the the main a lot of the main Battlestar people I know Ron Moore super busy producing his own stuff although I think a Ron Moore produced uh, a directed episode of this would be brilliant and he would love because he's all about the dark side of sci fi as we know from uh, Battlestar Galactica um, which by the way guys a little hint I might be dropping some Battlestar Galactica podcast slash commentaries coming up maybe a lot of them once I finish Rumples I may might start in Battlestar I, I'm I'm considering it very very strongly. From reasons, including the 15th anniversary of the miniseries in a couple weeks from now. So, oh God, I did a warm up to this. I, I probably didn't even cover half of that, um, but I just, I, I, th- this is a reward for all of my loyalty, for all of the m- millions of hours. It feels like I do Star Wars podcasts and I talk Star Wars and I, I defend Disney and I defend Kathleen Kennedy and I praise Disney and I praise Kathleen Kennedy. It's moments like these days. Times When the universe comes and says Thank you The Bizzle Thank you You were right You were always right You will remain right When it comes to this one issue You were wrong on so many other things But on this one issue Having to do with Kathleen Kennedy And the state of Star Wars You were right You were right You were right Even though you didn't love the movie The Last Jedi That caused the whole problem She's an amazing leader And she lets people Have creative vision And you know what A lot of people still love The Last Jedi And that's great People are gonna love The shit out of The Mandalorian The Clone Wars And now The Cassian Andor series To be titled Oh man Cassian Andor a Star Wars story Just for the irony of it Sure why not Go for it Alright people Thank you so much I'm making this Bizzlecast 200 Even though it's Technically a quickie Because fuck it If you're not into this And I'm not into this And what am I doing The podcast about Cassie fucking Andor My boyfriend and you know I mean if Jen's my who then Cassine is definitely my wife my husbando or whatever they say uh, I'm just it's its so funny you'd think my, how much I love and obsess with Jin I would be like jealous of, of the guy you know who she likes but I'm just so happy for him the whole time I was like oh this is the perfect guy for him they're such a good couple that will never be together spoiler alert and that's why the love story works great and I hope if they do do a love story that they, it's low key and more like what they did with Kira in um, Han Solo which was great they did, not only didn't disrespect Leia's legacy, but it builds it built perfectly to Han falling for someone like Leia instantaneously and I think we might see a quick thing w- w- with Cassian, this is my final prediction uh, like a little fling or something of someone who's reminiscent of Jin, you know, but maybe you know, not an, an, uh, maybe it's a good match, maybe it's not it doesn't work out, but you know that kind of rings true with him later, but I would be totally fine without any of that because we got Cassian and I'm sure K2SO so check back soon for more news Thank you, guys. It's been 200 amazing episodes. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that for now. And I'll be talking to you soon. You guys have been awesome. May the Force be with you, of course. The Force is strong tonight and today and for the foreseeable future. And with that, the BizzleCast is out.